Welcome back, everybody, to the Loro Antonio Sports Talk Podcast. Now we're on the NFL segment. So, first off, with that being said, before we do our breakdowns of the top five QBs, running backs, and wide receivers, let's talk about breaking news and talk about give me your reaction to the Demarcus Lawrence contract extension. Well, first off, as a Cowboys fan, I'm very happy we got that over with because there were rumors that he could have held out, and I think he probably would have. And he also was going to put off his shoulder surgery uh, until getting this contract. And the injury he has in the recovery time, it's going to take at least uh, a couple months. So it's good that they did this. Now he can focus his mind on the upcoming season and getting prepared. Uh, we need that guy. He's he's been, he's an impact player. I do think we paid him a lot. Um, it's not so much the total amount itself; <laughs> it's the uh, guaranteed money. I think he's getting sixty sixty five mil guaranteed, which is wow. That's that's insane. But if he if he does what he's done the last couple seasons, get about eleven to. 14 sacks, disrupts the run game, causes havoc in the backfield, then he'll be worth it. But for now, uh, I'm just I'm just happy to do what I can, that the team's doing what they can to make sure we get our, our entire defense on the field. Absolutely. And then uh, obviously getting adding him and Robert Quinn together are going to be great. And also Demarcus Lawrence, when he is right – no, I mean – when Randy Gregory's right, then the Cowboys defense is in really good shape. So I'm going to tell you my list my of my top five quarterbacks heading into the 2019 season. So it goes like this. I have Tom Brady, number one, Drew Brees, number two, Aaron Rodgers, number three, Philip Rivers, number four, Russell Wilson, number five, Patrick Mahomes at six, Patrick Mahomes tied for fifth, and Jared Goff tied for fifth. Okay. Well, that is a solid list. Uh, I basically have the same guys. They're just shuffled around a little. Um, I, I actually think going into the next season, my top QB, I'm actually going to say it's Patrick Mahomes. Number two, I have Drew Brees. Three, Tom Brady. Four, Aaron Rodgers. And five, Russell Wilson. And also tied with him at five is Phillip Rivers. I want to put Jared Goff on that list, but he uh, – well, I actually would also put instead of Jared Goff, I'd swap him out and put Carson Wentz at five at tied for fifth. I, it's just Jared Goff. He he has the, the it's it's the weapons and the system I think that's helping him out. He's not a bad quarterback, but in like the Super Bowl, he he still showed signs that he needs to mature a little and be able to read defenses a little better. If he does if he does that, then yes, he can he can crack the top five. But I'm this list. Um, it's mostly just about who I think is going to produce, who I think is going to be the top passer. Obviously, Tom Brady is the best, but the Patriots are becoming more of a running team now. He's losing Gronk, so I think that his he'll still do ball out because he does what he does when it's clutch time. But for, for me, just going forward, um, I have to put Mahomes and Breeze ahead of him. Just because so you, I think- have, you have Patrick Mahomes as your number one quarterback heading into the 2019 season. I do. I, I and I, I think it's it came down to either him or Breeze, but I think him 
just because he's so talented. And I, I even I, I think with the, if Tyreek Hill has issues, Mahomes is still going to – I don't know if he'll touch the stats he had this past year. Those are pretty insane video game-like stats. But I think he's going to be an exciting guy to watch. And when Tom Brady retires and Rodgers and Breeze are gone, he'll be the undisputed best quarterback in the league without any argument. Oh, I see. So now, uh, so what's your full list of top five quarterbacks heading into the 2019 season? Patrick Patrick Mahomes at one, Breeze at two, Brady at three, Rodgers at four, and tied for fifth is Rivers, Russell Wilson, and Carson Wentz. It's a little similar that you had Russell Wilson on, on your list that I had him on my top five list, but but yours is a little different, correct? Yes, that's correct. I Russell Wilson, if it was three, two or three years ago, I, I wouldn't have had him on there. But he's shown that he's more than a game manager. And it, when, when he's had shaky offensive line play, no running game, he still balls out. So he deserves to be mentioned in the top five. Absolutely. So now let's talk about my our top five running backs that he did in the 2019 season. So my list for me goes like this. Number one is Le'Veon Bell. Number two is Todd Gurley. Number three is Melvin Gordon. Number four is Saquon Barkley. And number five is from your Dallas Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. that Those, those are basically the the top backs um, in the league. I If I had to make my list, I I want to say Bell is number one. I really do. I, I don't know how he's going to play after missing a whole year. Plus, he's touched the ball so many times uh, going, like, the last couple of years. But for now, I will say he's, will say he's the best back. Um, it could change, obviously, but he is the best back heading into this year. Gurley is number two just because he's a touchdown machine, scrimmage yardage machine. So, yes. For three, I do have Zeke, though, because uh, Zeke is – He's the bread and butter of the that makes the Cowboys' offense roll, and he basically leads the league in rushing yards. And joined, and that's still with missing those games and that suspension. So he's freaking awesome. Uh, four, I do have Saquon Barkley. Uh, a lot of people are mad that the Giants picked him instead of a quarterback, but he is a a generational talent. Uh, unfortunately, the best years of his prime are going to be wasted away because. The Giants are rebuilding, and they still believe in Eli Manning, but that shouldn't be a knock on Barkley. He's at, he's at number four for me. And number five, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, stick Melvin Gordon in there as well. Uh, Melvin Gordon could easily bump off the list talent wise and production he's awesome but gordon does have injury issues in the past but if he's healthy he is a guy who can touch the ball 30 35 times a game whether it's rushing or in the passing game so yeah that's that's my top five and then let's also break down our top five wide receivers heading into the 2019 season so for me number one for me is a b number two for me is obj Number three is Julio Jones. Number four for me is Julian Edelman. And number five is Devontae Adams. Okay. Well, I I can't argue with your the, the first three you have on that list. 
Antonio Brown, OBJ, and Julio Jones. My last two, though, four and five, are going to be different. I'm going to put DeAndre Hopkins at four and A.J. Green at five. Um, Devontae Adams is really close to being number five, but A.J. Green is just – he's overlooked too much. It's just because he plays for a a crappy team, has an average QB in Andy Dalton, and A.J. Green's also had some injuries, but – when AJ Green's healthy, he he's a monster. So he, I probably would 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 make a change on my list and put AJ Green number four. Oh, instead of Edelman. Yeah, Edelman's good, but he's a slot receiver with Brady. Yeah, uh, I I think Edelman's like yeah, Edelman's benefited a lot from playing with Tom Brady. I mean, Edelman is a very good gadget player. He's a very good slot receiver. I think he's one of the best slot receivers in NFL history. Um, but. You know, it, it depends on the system you're in. And the Patriots have always loved slot receivers. So uh, Edelman was in a good situation, but he also has made the best of it and showcased what he can do and, and win matchups. But as far as top five receivers go, it's the guys on the outside, the guys that you can move around, the guys that basically can dominate defensive backs easily that, that, uh, that, that are on that list. Absolutely. So, did you already say your top five wide receivers heading into the season? Antonio Brown, Odell, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and A.J. Green. Absolutely. I'm also going to make that change to A.J. Green, number four, and then DeAndre Hopkins, number five. Yeah, Hopkins, I I don't like the Houston Texans, but I will say that DeAndre Hopkins, like, should be an MVP candidate each year because he literally – is the reason that, that 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 offense produces he he's just a he's a monster he's a stud like he he's a he's a guy that you don't hear a lot about often just because the Texans have had issues in the past but people should talk about him more and then and then my top and then uh, and then with that being said I'll tell you who the Patriots Cowboys Rams and Chargers will play the first and last games of the season when the 2019 season schedule comes so for the Patriots I have them playing the Chiefs to begin the season at home and end the season on the road with the Jets. With your Cowboys, I have them beginning the year at home on a Monday night against the Washington Redskins and ending the year at home with the New York Giants. With the Rams, I have them beginning the year at home with the uh, with the uh, New Orleans Saints and ending the year at home with the Arizona Cardinals. And with the Chargers, I have them ending the year I have them beginning the year on the road with the Dolphins and ending the year on the road with the Oakland Raiders. Okay. So I heard you say for the Cowboys, it was the Redskins at home and then the, or the Redskins at Monday night and then the Giants at the end of the year. Uh, and I said both of those games would be at home because okay. I that the, the Cowboys will play the Giants on a Sunday night in week three. Okay, well, I didn't want to get you confused on that. Is because because I have the because uh, I didn't want you to I didn't want you to think the Giants would end the year in the Meadowlands. I have the I have the Cowboys ending the year with the Giants, but it's at AT and T Stadium. No, no, uh, that makes sense this because this past, I have Patriots this ending the year on the road at the Meadowlands to play the Jets. Right, because they share the state. Um, no, that makes sense because. Uh, what were we saying? Uh, the Giants and Jets both play there, so it, it, they can't. Yeah, when one of them's at home, 
has to be on the road. Uh, no, it, it makes sense for the Cowboys to, for it to be like that because the Cowboys traveled to the Meadowlands last year. Um, so if we play the Giants again, it would make sense for the final game to be a home game. Uh, I think Dallas, if that's the case, if they start – Kids and then finish with the Giants. That should be two wins for them. Obviously, a lot can change, but I mean, week week one against the Redskins. Uh, I don't know if their Redskins are going to have their quarterback situation figured out. Case Keenum could be the starter, or whoever they draft could be the starter. I think going against us, our defense in week one might be a little tough for them. It'll be a low scoring game, I think, just because the Redskins do have a stout defense. They they have a good. They have a good countermeasure for our offensive line. Uh, but I, I think Dallas should win that. And then the Giants game. At that point of the year, the Giants might be playing to get a high draft pick. So they might be a little competitive, but I I think that should be two wins for the Cowboys. And I mean when the Cowboy Cowboys play against the Giants, one at, at MetLife Stadium for Sunday night football and the other against and the other one at AT and T Stadium to end the season. Yeah, I, I think Dallas should beat them both times. I mean, anything can happen because it's 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 the divisional game. So it, within divisions, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff can happen. But talent alone and the mindset of the teams, um, how the Giants basically they, they got rid of Odell. They they still believe in Eli Manning. Barkley will get a lot of touches, but if you key in on him, what else? <laughs> there, I I just don't see the Giants beating us twice unless. They have one of the best draft halls and completely shock everybody. And um, you said for the Chargers, you have them ending the year against the Raiders. In Oakland. In Oakland. Start the year on the road in Miami. Um, I don't know what it is about the Chargers, but they haven't haven't historically played well in Miami. Um, The last time they were there, I believe, Phillip Rivers put them in position to win, but that kicker that they had completely like whiffed on an easy like 30 yard kick I, I forget his name it, I think he was a uh, a Japanese or uh, he, he was a he was an Asian guy I, I forget who young who, who I, I forgot the guy's name but he he um, that was when the Chargers had bad kicking issues um, teams teams typically that are west coast and they travel to like east coast have issues but it's, it is south uh, in Florida, and the thing about the Dolphins is they're they're kind of rebuilding too. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be their star. I don't know if they're going to still get Fitz Magic like they did this past year when they played when he was the Bucks QB against the Saints because he actually had weapons with the with the Bucks uh, and Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans. Um, the Dolphins really don't have a lot to give him. They have like two or three good players on offense, but that's about it. So I, I should the, – the Chargers should go out there and make a statement if that, if that was their week one game, especially to, after the letdown against the Patriots in the playoffs where they it up. And then at the end of the year against the Raiders, I – the Raiders are an intriguing team. They still have a lot of holes, but they've made a lot of strides this free agency, and they have so many draft picks. So I do think that it could be a close game, but – to me, the Chargers will have more at stake at that point of the year because they'll probably be playing for a playoff seed. And we went on a limb with the Chargers is because I think the Chargers are going to win the uh, division over the Chiefs, and the Chiefs will still make the playoffs regardless. And the Chiefs will be the number five seed. 
Oh, so you're just you're you're, you're flipping it around from last year? Yeah. I'm flipping it around this year because I feel like the Chargers should have a home home playoff game this year. They 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 kind of need one because you know people a lot of people have been talking about how they don't really have home field advantage because it's there's so many different fans from different sports franchises out in California. Uh, I I think that especially in that LA area, plus you have the Rams there also, and the Rams are a really <laughs> good team, so they they take away some of the fan base. So. I, I do think it's important for the Chargers to to try to establish themselves as you know not not, not the uh, team to be overlooked because the the Rams play literally there as well. Uh, the Chargers should make a statement, and yes, they getting a home playoff game will definitely do that. Um, you talked about the Patriots. Who do you say they would start and finish with? They start the year at home with the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. And they end the year on the road in East Rutherford, New Jersey, against the New York Jets. Oh, you see, this is one of those things. It happens to the Patriots all the time. I'm actually going to go out and say that I well, it depends on the Tyreek Hill thing and if the Chiefs can f- fix up their defense a little, but I, their, their defensive secondary, especially. I think the narrative will be one of two things. Either the Patriots will win, but will not like for the Patriots to be successful, they usually have to have one or two stinkers early in the year or like at the midpoint. That's 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 been their bread and butter. Well, that where they'll play really well, then they'll have lay some goose eggs and people will start questioning them. And then the Patriots come out of nowhere and just, you know, run the table. That's that's basically what it's been like every single year. And if the game was at Foxborough, I'd probably say which is most likely will be for Week One in Foxborough. If it is at Foxborough, then I'll give the edge to New England, just because they're they're so damn good at home. Like they've only lost like I think three or four home games in the last four, four or five seasons. Uh, their most most of their most of their issues have come on the road. Um, it'll probably be a shootout. I think last time they they faced each other. It, it was like 43 to 40, something like that. Yeah, uh, on that Sunday night. And then it was a little bit of a low scoring affair in the AFC championship game in uh, Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, it, it was low scoring. And th- they traded touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But still, I, I, I think these two teams have grown to realize that they're going to see each other probably twice a year. You, uh, So... It'll be if it's in Foxborough, I'll give the edge to the Patriots. If it's an Arrowhead, it's fifty fifty. It's um, it's in it's in it's in Foxborough for sure this year. Okay, well then I, I say the Patriots will probably win. I'm going to say thirty to twenty eight. Um, that I think I think it'll it might be a, like last time a walk off field goal. Uh, it's going to come down. I think it might be like who ever has the ball last last possession, and if. Typically, the Patriots have always had that for, um, I don't want to say luck, but they've they've ended up being the team that holds the ball last in regulation when it's a close game. And Brady's clutch and Bill Belichick and McDaniels call good plays. So I I feel that they'll exploit the matchup mismatches. And then at the end of the year, uh, the Jets, is that a home game or an away game? Home game for the Jets and the road game for the Patriots. Mm. The because Jets the are... reason why I said that is because I predicted that the Patriots will play at Gillette 
on a Monday night in week three of the season against the Jets, as the Jets will be the road team against the Patriots week three. Yeah, New England usually does have – New England's Monday night game is usually against a divisional foe. I think this past year it was against the Bills, right? Yeah, in, in Orchard Park. Okay. Um, well, I think the Jets will be a better team, but they won't be the better team. New, England, New England's going to win that game. And it'll, it'll, the Jets are that funny team that whenever they play New England, it'll either they either get crapped on or it'll be a high-scoring affair and New England will win by, like, a touchdown or 10 points. So it's, it's going to come down to that. Uh, I, I see New England winning it. Mm. Uh, I wanna, I'm saying 31 to 21. Or it could come down to a field goal or a game-winning touchdown for – for that Patriots Jets week three game on a Monday night. And then week 17, it'll also be the same as well. It could. Uh, I, a lot. The, the funny thing about the AFC uh, East, East is that uh, with the exception of the Dolphins, the, the Bills and Jets are doing a lot of stuff because they're, I guess they've grown tired for the past decade of getting smeared by uh, New England basically every year. So they, I think this was the one year where there, there's been the most uh, off-season turnover for for a division uh, in terms of teams trying to catch up because they realize now like Gronk's retiring. Uh, Brady played well last year, but also at some times he had some great games and then he had some so-so games, but he still, he still played well. But the, the, these other teams are saying that our time is now if we want to try to uh, capitalize because the the Patriots they have a lot you guys have a lot of uh, a lot of draft picks this year uh, which I mean either the Patriots will draft a whole bunch of players or they'll try to trade up so it depends on how the draft goes as well but the Jets and Bills both did a lot of moves in free agency because they they want to you know start contending start being more competitive not not just getting beat not giving the Patriots, you know, f- like four to six free wins each year in the division. So I, I, that, so you, you, you got my point and why I said, uh, why I said the Patriots would start the year at home and then end the year on the road with the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. Right. Because you said, because you said that the other time that they play the Jets will be, will be a home game Monday night. Yes. Um, and lastly, for the uh, Rams, you said they would open the year at home against the Saints or on the road? At home with the Saints, and then they end the year at home with the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. I know that it's – well, I really don't consider the Rams to have – they have good home field advantage, but not like the best. Um, that would be very – that's very fortunate for them that they don't have to play at – uh, in NOLA because Saints fans Yeah, would, they don't play in NOLA in the regular season this year. Uh, the Saints fans would absolutely roast them after the penalty, non-penalty last year. If When these two teams meet, uh, I think the Saints will have more to play for just because of what happened. But if Cooper Cup is back, that's a huge boost for the, for the Rams. I, I honestly think it'll come down to uh, a defense they need to make a stop because both of these have, have the potential to – I don't think it'll be a defensive slugfest like the last time because both teams' defenses showed up and the offenses were a little 
sluggish. I think for the season opener, it's going to be high scoring. And I almost believe it'll be something like 38-34. I, I don't know who, who's going to win it, but I, I, I think it's going to be either a team having to score a game-winning touchdown or the other team having to make a, a, a defensive stop. It's, it's, these two teams are, are going to be, you know, the, the Rams want to show that, that their offense, was that, that, that the goose egg they laid against the Patriots was an abnormality, that their offense is better than that because it's supposed to be. And the Saints are going to show that they were the better team than the Rams. So both those, both those two teams are going to have a lot to play for, and I'm looking forward to a very intense game between those two. Um, and then against the Cardinals – the Cardinals are the reason why I say the, the Rams end the year at home with the Cardinals at home is because I have the Rams in Matt. I have the Rams playing the Cardinals in Arizona week two. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I go, going by how these other games have gone the last couple of times the, the Rams and Cardinals have faced. I, I see no reason why the Rams should lose. Um, you know, if they draft Kyler Murray, he might bring some excitement, but. The Cardinals have a lot of holes. They have issues. They they need more depth. They need more play. Their best player in offense is the ageless wonder, Larry Fitzgerald. I I want to say their best player is David Johnson, but he's only had that one epic year last year. He, he kind of stunk it up a little. Um, so I I think the Rams should should win that game handily, unless they're resting all their starters because they have a top two seed clinched. Yeah, I think the Rams will win that game against the Cardinals week 17 at the Coliseum. Yeah, I I mean, especially if, if, if they want to get a higher seed for the postseason or just want a better record. Um, that, that's how it was this past year. The, uh, the, uh, there were a lot of top teams, with, with the exception of the Saints, like the Bears, the Rams, uh, Cowboys, and whatnot. They were all trying to – Get a, have a better siege. So, yeah, I, I think the Rams will win as well. And then uh, also, speaking of the Cardinals, I think it's a foregone conclusion that the Cardinals will either trade Rosen or make him a backup to Kyler Murray. So, the the thing with that is, is the Cardinals are being kind of funny right now. They're, they're not being clear, which is, I think, a, a good thing for – in terms of throwing other teams off their game for the draft, because no one likes going into the draft with everyone knowing exactly, uh, which, well, unless you're a fan of that fan base. Um, this makes it more intrigue. Like, this brings more intrigue to it. The the Cardinals, like, they're hosting Joey Bosa for dinner. They're, you know. Nick Bosa. I mean, I mean yeah, not Joey. Nick. They, ho- they hosted Nick Bosa for dinner, and everyone was like, is this a smoke screen, or is this uh, – like, are they just doing the, playing mind games with us? It's it's one of those things that I think, me personally, if I'm the Cardinals, I draft Murray, but I I don't trade Rosen just yet, and I might have Rosen be the starter to boost up his trade value, so that way during the mid season, you can trade Rosen away and get a high draft pick for the following year or some players that you need. There's also some risk with that too, though, because you you draft Murray, a player like that, you don't want to keep on the bench too long. So, 
I think that the main issue is that no one's met the Cardinals' demands for Rosen because they, they want like a first-rounder, I think, and another high-round pick. And I think the highest pick that they've been offered, the Chargers offered them uh, their second-rounder this year, the Chargers actually, and uh, the Cardinals said no. They want a first-round pick for Rosen. So I, I don't know if a team's going to give that. A possibility could be the Patriots because they like Rosen um, or the New York Giants. But because the Giants have repeatedly said they don't like Dwayne Haskins, I don't know why. He'd be a perfect fit for him, but they don't like him. They like Eli more than they like him, which <laughs> I won't I won't complain about if the Giants are gonna think like that. But <laughs> I I think it's gonna be a very interesting draft day. We we could see this hold out and then play out literally the day of the draft where Rosen gets traded. So it's very, it's a very interesting topic. It's a very fun thing to, to talk about, to think about, because the Cardinals are literally in that position where, yes, you have Rosen, but at the same time, you have Kyler Murray, who was like a transient player at Oklahoma, who was a stud, and you you got to take a guy who's gonna be the future of your franchise. Like, you you, you got to take a guy who will come in and be like the best player on the field on day one with that first pick. So. I think Rosen will eventually get traded. I just can't say for sure if it'll be before, during, or after the draft. If the Cardinals were to go that route to get Kyler? Yes. If they if they get Kyler, then Rosen's either going to get traded during the draft or they're going to hold on to him and have him showcase what he can do the first couple games of the regular season to boost his uh, trading value. I'm going to have to disagree with that is because I feel like that if Murray is a Cardinal, I expect Josh Rosen to be a backup quarterback for Kyler Murray because I, I, I think Kyler Murray will be the day one starter for the Cardinals because Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, has familiarity with him. Oh, yes. I and That that could be another route that goes well. Um, I I don't know how the Cardinals think. They've, they've kind of been a little funny. Lately, I mean, I, I love Cliff Kingsbury when he was in college, but he he had the he has the he had the sweetest you know gig like to like how, how he got to be a head coach in the NFL. Like first he was at Texas Tech. They showed everyone he showed everyone that he can groom quarterbacks and be have high powered offenses. Then he gets hired to be the OC at USC, and immediately he get, he gets offer the job to be the Cardinals head coach. It, it, it's, it's crazy. Like he, his, I, I, like other guys usually have to be assistant coaches in the NFL before they become, you know, like NFL head coaches, or they have to have like amazing success in terms of like big bowl games, you know, double digit win seasons, yada, yada. And I, I, I don't know how uh, Kingsbury is going to do it, but yes, Murray would be the, the, the right guy to build his offense around a, a dual threat QB, um, you know, pair him up with young guys like Christian Kirk, um, maybe revive David Johnson's career. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he's, he still give you, you know, solid numbers, not what he used to, but yeah, I could see that, that being the possibility too. Rosen could be the backup. Um, that's, that's one of the most important positions in the, uh, in the NFL, the backup QB as we, uh, all learned with the Eagles Super Bowl run a couple of years ago. So it could very well be that. 
I, I just don't know if the Cardinals are going full rebuild and they want to get re- rebuild and they want to get more draft picks or other players that they need. So it'll be very interesting, but your, your theory and prediction could very well be what happens. You mean you said what my theory is, is that if the Cardinals don't find a trade partner for Josh Rosen, I expect Murray to start and then Rosen the backup. And then you also have Brett Hundley too, who I would expect to be the third string quarterback. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that could, that's, that is another, that, all- that's my theory right there. Yeah. I, and that could be one that happens. Um, the Cardinals, they have so many different options here and that's, that's one of them. It's, They're not going to get Nick Bosa. I think it's, I think they draft Kyler Murray number one. And then I, I have the 49ers going with Nick Bosa number two, when we do our uh, mock draft in the next coming weeks. If uh, yeah. And if that's the case, I mean, <laughs> how many top five draft picks have the, 49ers invested on that off on that defensive line the past couple drafts like that that D line if, if they got Nick Bosa should be one of the best in the league because like um Solomon Thomas DeForest Bunkner Nick Bosa um like that's uh that's that's a that's a stud defense line right there yeah it sure is man so now with that being said my final NFL thoughts is that I'm going to go – I'm going to stick to my theory it, that Josh Rosen will be the Cardinals' backup quarterback when Kyler Murray becomes the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. I – I, uh, me personally, I, I see it playing out differently, but it could it could very well work because uh, the, you, like, you need a backup quarterback, and if Kyler shows signs of uh, not being ready, you can just bring Rosen in. So, you know, I think Kyler's ready. He's more than ready. You know. Okay. Yeah. Well. Re- okay. Ready, but maybe if he gets injured or something like that, uh, or if the coach decides. Coaches are different. They they're all they're all funky. They all have different mindsets. Um, how they want to like you saw like last year how Hugh Jackson for some reason didn't want Baker to play, even though Baker was ready. He, he, he put it, he put it off, which I thought was weird, but if Kingsbury is, is, if he is smart and he drafts Murray, then yes, Murray should be the the guy from day one. The reason why I say that is because uh, Kingsbury is very familiar with Kyler Murray. And I think when, when the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray, then I expect Cliff Kingsbury to pencil him in as his starting quarterback. Yeah. If, if they do, if, if, and when they do draft him, he, it should be no doubt. Absolutely. So we'll take another break, and when we come back, we'll talk about baseball next. Awesome.